Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How would you like to reflect your plea? Your Honor, on behalf of Mrs. Daybell, she enters a not guilty plea to both charges and a request for a pretrial and a jury trial. Lori Vallow Daybell's murder trial is a twisted tale of zombies, extreme Mormonism, and murder. Her trial is about to begin. I'm Anjanette Levy, and welcome to Law and Crime's Sidebar Podcast. Lori Vallow-Daybell's trial is beginning very soon in Boise, Idaho. It was actually moved from Fremont County, which is a smaller area, to Ada County, a larger urban area. Judge Stephen Boyce has barred cameras from the courtroom. This story is sad with a lot of twists and turns. Lori faces three counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of her children, daughter Tylee Ryan, and her adopted son, J.J. Vallow, with her ex-husband, Charles Vallow, who is now dead. More on that in just a little bit. Lori also faces a charge of grand theft. She's accused of taking Social Security survivor benefits meant for J.J. and Tylee. In addition to that, Lori faces conspiracy to murder Tammy Daybell, the wife of her now husband, Chad Daybell, who's accused of murdering Tammy, JJ, and Tylee. Chad will be tried separately, which is a somewhat recent development. This story begins in late 2019 when Lori's daughter, Tylee, and JJ went missing. This prompted a national search for the children with no help from Lori and no help from her new husband, Chad Daybell. This photo from September 2019 is the last known photo of Tylee and JJ alive at Yellowstone National Park. Lori and Chad married in Hawaii in November 2019, less than a month after Tammy Daybell died. Chad is an author and a self-proclaimed prophet. He and Lori are both Mormon. The same month, JJ's grandparents asked police in Rexburg, Idaho to check on JJ and Tylee. The children were nowhere to be found. The boyfriend of Lori's best friend, Melanie Gibb, testified at a hearing about the last time he saw JJ with Lori's brother, Alex Cox. I believe Mr. Cox bringing JJ in into Lori's house. Yes. Do you recall what time that was? I don't recall it exactly. Okay. It later in the night. Okay. Was Chad Daybell there? What's that? Was Chad Daybell there at that same no. time? No. Okay. Let's talk about the morning of September 23rd, 2019. Uh, what did you do that morning? I got up to get ready to get ready to go, and then I went downstairs to say goodbye to everybody. Okay. And who was there? Um, Melanie Gibb and Lori Bellow. Okay. Did you see JJ there? No. Did you talk to Lori about JJ that morning? I did. Did uh, What did she tell you about JJ that morning? She said that he was uh, being a zombie 
and climbed up on the cabinets, climbed up on top of the fridge, smashed her picture of Christ down, and then climbed up onto the upper cabinets and got between the top of the cabinet and the ceiling. Okay. Um, and then what did she tell you? I asked to see him and she just said that he was out of control, so she had Alex come and get him. In another twist, Alex Cox dies in December 2019 from blood clots in his lungs. After months of searching for Tylee and JJ to no avail, police make a gruesome discovery in June 2020 on Chad Daybell's property. The bodies of JJ Vallow and Tylee Ryan are unearthed. The evidence that has been concealed in this case, it's, it's not simply a document, drugs, a gun. Uh, these are, are human remains. Um, and we can, although those remains have not yet been positively identified, uh, we are aware that those remains are the remains of children, which we believe is an aggravating factor. Uh, we, uh, we have asked that the probable cause affidavit be sealed, but I would ask the court to take note of paragraphs 39 and 40 and the manner of the concealment of, of one of those bodies, which the state finds to be particularly egregious. It's always important to look great, right? There's one thing that's more important though, and that is feeling great. And you got to start from the bottom up. That's why I want to talk to you right now about Vessi footwear. This is so cool. They're 100% waterproof, very light, more comfortable than chugging around in traditional boots, whether you're walking around in snow and slush in the city like me or taking cover from a summer rainstorm in Florida. These are the shoes that are durable and will keep you dry. You see, they're made from Dymatex and that material keeps your feet warm in the cold, but also cool in warmer climates. It can work both ways. Plus, there are a bunch of different styles. There's an everyday classic sneaker. There's a Chelsea boot. There's even a boat shoe. You can check them out right now at Vessi.com. And for our listeners and viewers, you can use the code sidebar for 15% off of your entire order. Again, that's Vessi.com, promo code sidebar. At Chad Daybell's preliminary hearing, a police officer testified about discovering JJ's body. He had the same style haircut that he had in the videos that I had seen and the photographs I had seen just prior to my welfare check with him in September, the last photograph I had seen uh, on September 22nd. And that was shaved on the sides and longer on top. Okay. Thank you. Um, were there any other items? Of, uh, were, were there any other uh, items of interest to you on that body? Yes. Uh, can you describe uh, what were they? His hands were folded about chest high. Detective, can you lift that a little bit higher so? It See. Folded like this, chest high. He had duct tape continuously wrapped from elbow all the way around his arms, over his hands, all the way to his right elbow. Uh, several layers of duct tape that were tightly wrapped. Tylee's body had been burned and there were attempts to dismember her. People started asking questions then with all of this happening about Tammy Daybell's death as more and more information came to light about Chad and Lori's religious beliefs. So remember that they were saying that um, Tammy had become a zombie. Lori, from what I understand, said that she has been on 21 planets and Chad has been on 31. Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I wouldn't say planets, but I would just say lives. Lives. Mm -hmm. So she's had 21 lives mm -hmm. and he's had 31. Mm -hmm. That he was a Holy Ghost and has had five lives on this earth and she's had four lives. Correct. And well, no, I think she had five lives on this earth. She had five lives mm -hmm. on this. They both had five lives on this earth. I, be I believe so. And Chad made a portal in Lori's closet so she can visit him. What does that mean? That sounds kind of crazy, I'll be honest. It does. It does sound crazy. Lori and Chad allegedly believed that zombies could actually inhabit the bodies of people here on Earth. People like JJ and Tylee Ryan and Charles Vallow, Lori's ex-husband. Chad and Lori apparently also believed that the only way to get rid of these zombies was to kill the body of the person that the zombie inhabits because the person then is in limbo. Her religious stuff has gone way off the deep end. That was Charles in 2019 trying to get help for Lori. He called police in Arizona. Charles was shot months later in July at his home by Lori's brother, Alex Cox. At first, it appeared to be a case of self-defense, and that's what people thought after interviewing Alex and Lori and Tylee, for that matter. But after all of this happened, police reopened the case. They took another look and determined that it was a murder. Tammy Daybell's body was later exhumed, and an autopsy was conducted, which hadn't been done before. Her death was labeled a homicide, a murder, in fact. It had originally been classified as a death due to natural causes. Now the trial for the murder of Tammy, JJ, and Tylee begins. It's a very twisted case that we've been outlining for you, a lot of different tentacles to this. Uh, so I thought we should bring in two experts on the case to discuss this. Joining me is Joseph Scott Morgan, forensic death investigator and host of the Body Bags podcast, and Gigi McKelvey, a law and crime correspondent and host of the Pretty Lies and Alibis podcast. And she is basically an expert on all things Vallow Daybell. So uh, thanks to both of you for being here today. Joseph, I will start with you on this. We, we know that JJ's body was recognizable when the law enforcement officers dug up the grave in Chad Daybell's yard. Tylee's body had been burned. Uh, Tammy Daybell later exhumed and was determined that she died by homicide. How important will the forensics be in this case? Monumental. Uh, because with both of these children um, who were murdered, uh, every each body is going to present with specific forensic information. Just taking JJ alone, um, his body was cocooned, and so it was essentially secured in a couple of ways. There was kind of a layering that went on with his cocooning, where his body was secured. And you can go off kind of into the weeds with this, but there was a certain level of memorialization of his body, um, contrasting that with Tylee's remains, um, who were treated certainly less in, in, a, in a very disrespectful way. All of this is disrespectful, but when you, you kind of contrast those two, they're distinctly different. So if you go back to the wrappings that you begin to think about with J.J., a significant piece to this is going to be when the body was cocooned, anything that was on his person at that time when he was placed in the tarp, had a bag, all that sort of stuff, 
is going to be contained therein. So I hope that they took due care when they were analyzing his body um, and getting the body ready to go to the morgue uh, and then unwrapping him at that time. Um, I would have preferred that they not have even partially unwrapped him at the scene. Just you know that you have a dead body. You don't need anything else beyond that. But there was an effort to open the bag that's been widely reported. When we begin to look at Tylee, um, the forensics are going to be different because there was such an assault on her remains. And so, again, going back to my old buddy, Edmond Lacard, every contact leaves a trace. So we've heard about arson or an attempt to uh, um, burn her body. That's going to leave back specific forensic tiebacks when we think about accelerants, anything that is specific to starting that fire any kind of fuel sources like wood, kindling, paper, anything that they found there at the scene. And then this effort that we're not real clear on completely to essentially um, dismember her body, at least on a limited uh, basis, we began to look at things like tool marks, which are going to play a big role, knowing some of the things that we know about the nature, particularly this property, I think is going to be a big, big piece to this. And anything that was discarded or dropped down into that that defect in the ground where she was uh, is going to play uh, play a big role. And of course, we have this melted bucket uh, that was out there too that they've made note of. I think that that's going to be significant as well. Gigi, there was a notice of alibi filed by Lori Vallow-Daybell's <laughs> defense team in this case. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what the prosecution is going to do with that. Tell us about what Lori Daybell or Lori Vallow Daybell says was going on with her at the time that her children went missing and were murdered. Her alibi is that she was in her apartment with Melanie Gibb, David Warwick, and or Chad Daybell when the children were killed. Now, for Tammy, she allegedly was in Hawaii. But the thing is, they have a list of witnesses, some of which are surprising names that are coming on for the state to refute her alibi. Some of those names, Melanie Gibb, which is her best friend, Melanie Pulaski, who is her niece, David Warwick, who was there and one of the last people, by the way, to see David Warwick and Melanie Gibb were the last people outside of the murderous crew to see JJ alive. You have Apple and Google business records and then Zulema. So they are going to testify for the state, essentially, I think, and just destroy her alibi. And we'll see where it goes from there. But, you know, Lori's always found a way to physically try to separate herself from every single crime that has happened. Mm -hmm. With Charles, there was some discrepancies when he was shot and murdered by Alex Cox that she was outside the house, but she said she was inside the house. All their stories were very different, but in this case, they have determined that the kids were likely murdered in Alex's apartment. Lori says she was in hers with David Warwick, Melanie Gibb, who were in town visiting and or Chad Daybell. Gigi and Joseph, uh, we've both, we've all three covered enough cases to know you don't have to be physically present to have been a part of something. You can have had knowledge about it. Conspiracy is a part of this case as well, which means there was a plan. So whether or not Lori Vallow Daybell was physically present when her children were, were murdered, 
that doesn't matter. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans. She is their mother. They were minors and she is in charge of their care. She has a duty of care to her children. Now that might not be part of the charges, but she can still be part of the plan and be found guilty even if she wasn't present. So Joseph, I'll let you talk about that first and we'll get Gigi's thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when we begin to think of JJ, he had certain um, he had certain conditions that he was dealing with. And she's the custodian here, you know, relative to his care, due care. And just looking at this, you know, I think that it goes without saying that she missed the mark here. She failed miserably. Um, and yeah, you're right. If she's part of this conspiracy um, as it's coming together, I tell you, it, it might, you know, Anjanette, you mentioned that it it might not be part of um, of the case itself. But you know who's, who, who's going to think about this? The no. parents that are on that jury. Oh, of course. Yes. Any yeah, parent. They're, they're going to, yes. yeah, they're going to look at her. Whether they've heard about this case or not, I don't know how they could not have heard about it in Idaho. They're going to look at her and they're thinking, you know, you failed to take due care of this child that was totally and completely dependent upon you, that had a very specific diagnosis in his life. We haven't even gotten into Tylee. Tylee's uh, a, a girl that is, you know, maturing into young adulthood at this point in time, very critical moment in time for her in her development. And you failed her. You failed her. Um, and so I'll be very curious to see what her level of involvement is that the state is going to put forth. And that's going to be very impactful in this case. Tylee apparently had wanted to be emancipated. That didn't happen. Uh, what gets me is when I look at pictures of Tylee with JJ, it breaks my heart. She obviously loved him very much. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. And in fact, Lori's sister, Summer Shiflett, told in, I, I think she was on an interview with Dateline or Nate Eaton, one of those. And she said Tylee had to have been killed first because she would have never let anything happen to JJ. And it, every picture that you see, even that very last photo from Yellowstone National Park, I've always thought Tylee looked unhealthy in that picture. Now, it could have been stress. It could have been just she was uprooted again. She sees this downward spiral her mom is on with these weird people coming around. We know she did not like Chad. She had gotten vocal with her mom. Melanie Gibbs said she didn't think the relationship between the two of them was great at all. But, you know, the thing about about that photo that sticks out to me is Tylee. JJ has his arms around her. He looks like he feels safe. She has her arms protectively around him. And in spite of the chaos, she is smiling. And her happy place was with that boy. And I think a lot of the care came down to Tylee in the end because Lori was checked out. Now, going back to the conspiracy thing, she reminds me a lot of Charles Manson in that she was she definitely had a hand in the conspiracies, but never maybe actually killed anybody. We don't know that for sure yet. But I would suspect, as usual with Lori, she had somebody else do her dirty work. It's going to be a very interesting trial. We know a lot from these document dumps that came out from Charles's murder, as well as Brandon Boudreaux's attempted murder. We have no clue what they have in Idaho, so I am very curious to see exactly what they have. Chad's cell phone pings at critical times. We don't know where he was. 
We don't know DNA that they found. It's going to be very eye-opening, and most importantly, it's going to be heartbreaking. Any way you look at it, 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 this, I don't think those of us who are emotionally invested and especially the families are ready. Most definitely. You're going to uh, and Gigi, you know, it's just, it's one of these cases where you can see how people uh, pervert. And, and of course, Lori Valadebel and Chad Daybell, I must say, are entitled to a fair trial as anyone else's uh, in our criminal justice system. So they are entitled to a fair trial. They're presumed innocent until proven guilty. Uh, but you really see a perversion of religion here. Yeah, you do. And I think kind of just going with what um, Joseph was saying, I think that Chad maybe felt powerful that this little band of misfits bought what he was selling more than he believed what he was selling. And But I do think that Lori and Alex especially, if you go through the document dump and read the text back and forth between them, he was 100% convinced all this was real. They gave him power. They told him initially, you're just a baby on earth. This is your first time. By the end, you're the protector of one of the most important people in this mission, which is Lori. You know, but I think at the end of the day, what this jury is going to see is that you may have mental illness, which, by the way, is not coming in as part of her defense strategy in the guilt or innocence phase. That's her choice. Mm -hmm. But you can be mentally ill, but when you lie and cover up and make up these elaborate self-defense or JJ's with Melanie Gibb or Tylee's at BYU, you know what you did was wrong. You don't mm -hmm. hide it because yeah. the day they murdered Charles Vallow, if she really were that mentally ill, she would have said, yeah, we didn't kill Charles. We killed Iplos. Or yeah. we didn't kill JJ. We killed a demon that got in him. We killed a demon yeah. that got in Tylee. I think that's going to be her undoing is her elaborate lie after lie. And you know what I'm saying? She's just sunk herself because she's always throughout her life from everything we've seen been able to lie her way out of any situation that she's been backed into a corner in. And I think the buck stops here. She will face the consequences for her actions for the first time in her life, I think. I, I think uh, I, I think a big part of this is I wonder if she's going to testify. Oh, I, I kind I of really wondered do. that too, actually. You know, she's thinking. You know, Gigi's talking about how she's a chronic uh, prevaricator. <laughs> you know, and you know, it, it seems to be in her wheelhouse. That's in her toolbox. You know, uh, is she going to continue this on? You know, when when this goes to trial in just a couple of weeks, here is she going to get up in in the you know, stand there in the dock and testify, uh, go under, uh, go under direct and then be cross-examined. I'll be fascinated by that. That's well, she true. does think that she's going to be exonerated. So I would not put it past her one bit to do what she did. If you watch that, that video in the police station in Chandler at the day trial right. was yeah. murdered, yep. within 30 right. minutes, they offered her a victim's advocate. And right. that goes to show you how she is able to convince police when she told the investigator Charles was having affairs. Melanie Gibb later asked her, do you have proof of that? Nope, I don't. I know how to work the police. So she may be that confident even now after years of sitting in jail awaiting trial. I can get on the stand and convince this jury I was a great mom. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing. And we'll see how that goes. But, man, I'll give my right arm to see her on that stand. Well, let me tell you, those uh, body camera videos of Charles Vallow when he was calling police for help, mm. 
uh, are heartbreaking to watch. I I find them horrifying. Um, Well, Gigi and Joseph, uh, I really appreciate you joining me. I want to know all about Lori Vallow-Daybell's mental health diagnosis. I I, I don't think we'll find out, but I want to know. And I, too, Gigi and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago. I, I think it's possible she takes the stand. Just my feeling, I could be wrong, but it's her choice. So Gigi and Joseph, thank you so much uh, for joining me again. We appreciate your time as always. And that's it for this edition of Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can download and listen to Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law and Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.